Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available in stores including Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation by first getting our financial house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. Now more than ever, we must grow our wealth, follow our passions, live with compassion, and find a way to achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Just as it has been in prior generations, the ideal of the American dream is being challenged, not just because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, but because of the callous murder of a fellow black man, George Floyd, that we all got to see. The example of his abuse, and that of many others, cuts through the core of the American dreams I have believed in all of my life. I have a persistent belief that all are created equal, worthy of respect, deserving of opportunity, and the ideals of the American dream live inside all of us. I thank you for supporting dreams, your dreams, by listening to this podcast. The purpose of this content is to educate listeners and for them to inform others. This episode is part of a series of recorded Zoominars from my Jason Howell Company YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the video versions. In my business life, my wealth management firm collaborates with many experts. Together, we transform regular investors into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families and their communities. This episode features some of that expertise. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, buying or selling a home during a pandemic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Buying and Selling a Home During a Crisis. We're so happy to have you here. You give us just a few minutes. I know there's some folks that are in our waiting room that we'd like to have join us. Um, but this is a great opportunity here to be able to talk with an expert about exactly what's happening right now uh, in the housing market. There's so much happening with the pandemic, of course. States are opening up. Parts of states are opening up. We, of course, are in Virginia. And we're not quite sure what's happening week by week, but we do know business is happening and that business has to continue happening because that's just the world that we live in. So let me check the screen here and make sure everyone's okay. All right. Um, welcome everyone really broadly. Once again, I've changed everything here to speaker view and now you've got an opportunity to see exactly what's going to be happening today and, and figuring out how to buy and sell a home during a crisis. Uh, my name is Jason Howell. I'm president of Jason Howell Company, a family wealth management firm located in Vienna, Virginia. Our big idea is that regular net worth people can be high net worth people in one generation. To do that, we work with all kinds of experts, including experts in real estate. So this week is kind of real estate week. Today, we've got Lynn Cooper, who is a real estate professional, and she's here to give us a lot of great information. Say hello, Lynn. 
Hello, Jason. Thank you. I'm so flattered that you reached out to me. It's great to be working together again. Uh, and we've, we've known each other for over 10 years. We used yeah. to work with each other back in the uh, staffing days. Um, I think what's similar is you are still working with people on really big, important things, That's as right. am I, right? Me in financial planning, you in real estate. Uh, you know, real estate is the biggest purchase that most people are going to make in their lives. And when it comes to financial planning, we try to figure out a way for them to be able to do that. Um, so I guess we've still stayed in the human factor, as it were. And I'm, I'm yeah. so glad to have you here today. Lynn, why don't you tell everyone that's here a little bit about your background? You know, how did you lead up to real estate? And then we'll get to the three big questions that we have for today. Okay, keeping me in suspense. Um, <laughs> as Jason mentioned, he and I worked in the recruiting field for uh, myself. I was there for 12 years. Um, and I loved working in staffing because I loved people find, helping them find jobs. And a lot of the people went on to meet their spouses and best friends and get promoted. And I've hired people who ultimately referred their sons and daughters to me. And I just loved that ability to really help people find their dream job. And as the uh, recruiting market and staffing market um, started to slide in 2007, I decided to make a career change into housing, which was honestly not the best timing, but it was a <laughs> learning experience. And that's where I uh, started my career as an interior designer. And then ultimately I got my real estate license. And bottom line is I love homes. I love decorating homes helping people find the dream home and where they want to live and raise a family. I mean, I can't think of anything better than that to be part of that process and to help them guide them through what is, it is a complex process. Um, you know, house hunting is the fun part, but the home inspection and guiding them through the appraisal and what that means and taking them through all the financing contingencies and all the pitfalls that happen in between and the necessary hand-holding and information giving is really where I feel that I have the highest value proposition. Um, so much has changed these days, right? Even, even more so here in 2020. Yes. And I was going to touch on what my year looked like in 2019. 2019 was a great year for me sales-wise. Um, however, I would say I only had two or three transactions in all of 2019 that were not multiple offer situations. So there were buyers that I was out shopping for homes with and we'd write a contract and we were one of six offers or 10. And the record that I was involved in was a house in Reston that had 18 offers. It sold for $90,000 above asking price and the buyer waived all the contingencies on that home because they wanted it that badly. So I was kind of figuring something in the market was going to happen and there was going to be a little bit of a correction. I had no idea it would actually be a health crisis versus a financial crisis. So that's the big difference between what happened in 2007, 2008 was a financial crisis brought on by the housing market. And currently we're dealing with a health crisis. So it's pretty different. Um, and it's interesting to know that uh, our unemployment rate right now is higher than it ever was in that time period of 07 through 09. And Congress has offered um, or approved triple the amount of rescue spending that they did back then. So 
Hopefully this will be a little bit short lived, but definitely the people who are feeling the pinch are the restaurant workers, the salaried employees, people who are getting laid off simply because they can't go to work. It's not possible for them to work from home. So that's where people are really starting to feel the pinch. So things have been interesting. In early 2020, things were still pretty hot, but then March came around and when the first stay at home order came through and everyone was scared, the buyers did not want to go out and look at homes. Home inspectors didn't want to go home and inspect properties. And for two weeks, there was a real uh, falling off the cliff of, of showing activity. A lot of homes were being taken off the market. And then once uh, real estate professionals, including home inspectors and appraisers, were deemed essential because people have to have a place to live, um, we started seeing an uptick again in buyers being willing to go out into the market. Granted, that was with masks on and gloves, and um, they were much more interested in visiting properties that were vacant as opposed to someone who was living there. Um, but it's been interesting. Um, I would say early April, things started to get busy again, and I put two buyers under contract right away, and we were the only offer on both of those um, contracts. So I felt things were balancing out a little bit and the multiple offer situation was cooling. Um, but just in terms of, of what's going on right now with inventory, we are 50% below the number of homes for sale in April that we were in 2019. So my business is like a lot of other businesses. It's supply and demand when there's low supply and high demand we're going to get multiple offers again. And with interest rates moving the way that they are, they're at a historic low. Um, I see things getting, getting a little bit more uh, spicy and seeing more multiple offers. Wow. Wow. Well, let me do this. Um, let me go to sharing my screen with the group and we can see the beautiful picture of Lynn in case you didn't see the beautiful picture earlier. Uh, you are in the right Zoominar buying and selling real estate during a crisis. And so we heard a little bit about what 2019 was for Lynn. It was pretty tough to, uh, to compete and do well during that kind of a year in an area where there are literally about 10, 12, maybe 15,000 other realtors. But Lynn, you did pretty well last year, congratulations. Um, even with all the competition with the lack of housing availability last year. And what you're saying today is that we have 50% less availability. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Incredible. That is in Fairfax County. If I had looked into Arlington County, I bet it would be even lower. Wow. Okay. So really any of these parts of Northern Virginia that are deemed one of the richest counties in the country, that would be right. Fairfax and that would be Arlington, probably Loudoun. Uh, you're probably going to have some of these challenges. Well, the next slide that we had was really coming from the questions that we had in our presentation and our newsletter out to everyone. You know, these were the big questions. What do we do when it comes to house shopping today? Really, what's changed? You know, you talked about some of the PPE that we're all getting familiar with that acronym, you know, that protective equipment. Talk to us about how you as a realtor and your partners, like your title people and your mortgage lenders, how they are getting involved in PPE, and then we'll go down these next two questions. Sure. Let's start with house shopping. I'm going to start on the seller side first. I actually have a listing going live in Ashburn tomorrow, and it is with an older couple that is concerned about people being in the home. They are still living there. So what we've done is we have a, what I call a welcome health 
packet when they walk in the door, a sign that says to please remove your shoes or use the shoe covers provided, sanitize your hands, take a Clorox wipe. And if you're going to touch a light switch, touch it with the wipe. I did also coach the seller to leave all the lights on. So people hopefully won't be touching any lamps or light switches and to leave all the doors open, including closet doors and the laundry room doors, just to limit the exposure and amount of things that people are touching. We're also only allowing one showing per hour so that people are not overlapping and having multiple people, meaning four or five showings in an hour, which can be pretty typical in a busy market. Um, also, we're just blocking off times. We're only allowing showings between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. The homeowners are working from home. They do work kind of an unusual schedule, so it's not business hours, but still we need to be respectful of the fact that the homeowners are going to be there. It's not like they're in the office anymore and they could potentially run into the buyer. So we just have to kind of keep that in mind when they're scheduling the showings. Um, house shopping for the buyers on the flip side is just, I would definitely recommend bringing a mask and possibly gloves and respecting that it is someone's home if they're living there. Um, also, it should only be one agent and a maximum of to buyer clients. I've shown homes before all of this happened where mom and dad and sister and brother were all coming and house shopping together and we're not gonna have that anymore. That's gonna be a thing of the past, I think. Um, so just those kind of different nuances are going on in the world. We're also doing virtual tours for the listing I just mentioned that I have going live tomorrow. Um, an agent has an out of town buyer so she's going to go to the home at nine and FaceTime her client and walk her through and talk about all the features. And even if the buyer weren't out of town, I would say like a good 30% of my showings are being done virtually, which leads us to your next bullet point here, which is open houses. So some real estate companies are allowing open houses. They're just minimizing the number of people that can come in the door at any one time. Obviously, it would be a maximum of 10 we at McInerney are not allowing open houses. What we're doing instead is having a virtual open house where basically I would be in the home between two and four, usually on Facebook Live, and people can join me at any time and I can walk them through and give them a private tour using my phone. And just as an incentive, because this is kind of a new thing for a lot of us, I'm trying to get people interested and realize that this may become the norm. Um, anyone that comes to the virtual open house will be entered into a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift card. Um, and the thing that's interesting about all of these things, Jason, is that we're not really seeing any more of what I call the recreational home buyers who are these people that go to open houses on Sunday because they think it's fun or, you know, you go into a neighbor's house because you have never seen the inside of the home. And I wonder if they took that wall down like we did. We're really seeing buyers that are very well qualified. They've been vetted very carefully by the lenders um, and they're serious buyers. There's people that are not coming through the house that are not genuinely interested in it. Um, and it also easier? you did mention, go ahead. As a realtor, does that just make things a lot easier when you are only dealing with qualified, serious buyers? Yes. Yes, because you're going to get the best terms for your client, both on the sales side and on the buy side. Everyone right now is being very reasonable 
and patient and professional. And I'm feeling like I had mentioned before, a little more balance is coming in and a little bit more reason and less emotion. Um, I think a lot of this is, has been because we've had all this, you know, these commercials we're seeing on TV about how we're all in this together. And I'm really feeling like, yeah, we're all in this together. We're all trying to get this home sold to the right person. Oh, um, you had mentioned the lenders. The lenders' rules are changing almost on a daily basis. They're being very scrutinous about who they're lending their money to. Um, I just went to a closing about a week ago where they verified my client's employment four times over the course of the deal, including the day of settlement to make sure that they were still employed. Wow, even the day of. So you can't yes. even slide in with, <laughs> with a pink slip in your pocket. No good. Correct. And on the settlement company side, um, initially it was taking a little longer to get a home to closing. That was fueled by, um, you know, the settlement processors and the loan underwriters were working in an office before. And those are the kind of jobs that typically they don't want you working from home because you've got people's financial information. So they had to transition their workers into a work from home situation and then set up all the proper firewalls on their network to make sure that everything was safe and secure. I'm not seeing closings taking longer than 45 days, meaning from the time the contract is ratified to the time it's going to closing. Initially, like mid-March, I did see that happen quite a bit, but the title companies quickly got their act together. But the other funny thing is that, um, you know, some buyers want to close outside. So I've set up a folding table in a parking lot before and we all wore masks and gloves and the settlement attorney conducted the closing outside. Wow. How was that for you? I felt a little bit like I was at a lemonade stand, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you made more than 10 cents on the deal. A little bit. And thankfully it was not a rainy day because that would have been really interesting, but it made the client feel safe. And so we're just rolling with it right now. So whatever the client wants, everybody's safety comes first. So we're doing what we can. So in a sense, are you, I mean, are you, you're saying these different things that you've been able to do as a realtor and you've been working with other folks. Would you say that the activity is still happening even though the professionals like yourselves, the title person, the mortgage person, you're having to kind of bend over backwards but you're making these transactions happen. They haven't stopped. Correct. That is absolutely correct. People still want to sell and buyers still want to buy. And again, it's all fueled by the low interest rates. Um, I had a, a, a good slide I wanted to share about how interest rates have changed over time. So in the 80s, when my parents bought their house, they paid 13% interest. In the 90s, it went down to about eight or nine. In the 2000s, it was six, and now we're at three. So it's really, truly historical low interest rates and people want to take advantage. And now's a really good time to get the American dream and find a home. So the activity is slowing. I see it ticking back up. Summertime in a good market does tend to slow down a little bit. People are on vacation I do predict that's going to happen a little bit. And then I think come September, we're just going to see this big hockey stick because there's pent up demand. People have been sitting on the sidelines, kind of this wait and see thing. Um, there were many homes that were for sale that 
what we call tempt off the market. So they temporarily took their home off the market again because of the uncertainty. And I think once we get the social distancing figured out and we get a little bit more comfortable, I think we're going to see a bunch of homes come on the market again and we're going to be really busy. Okay. Yeah. And did you, we talked on some of the stuff in the smart buying uh, section here, but if, if uh, I'm a buyer, if I'm someone who, who really wants to buy a house now, is there anything I can do to give me some kind of advantage that maybe I didn't have last year when things were busy? Um, things are busier now, but they're busy in a different way. So what yes. can I do as a smart buyer today? Yes, move quickly. Have your financing together before you even start looking at homes. So call a loan officer. You're probably going to need to submit, whereas before they wanted two pay stubs, they may want four pay stubs now. They may want four years of your last tax returns. They're probably going to want a little bit more financial information on you, but get pre-approved and get the approval letter before you start shopping for homes because when you see a home that you like, you can write a contract on it immediately. Um, that's the smartest thing that you can do in this market. Well, okay. Well, um, that was helpful. And now we haven't gotten any questions in the chat, but if you have a question, go right ahead and send one in so that we can answer that question. Most of these that we're doing, and we're doing these Zoominars essentially about once a week now, uh, Jason Howell Company presenting. And so the real point of them is, is not for someone like Lynn, an expert to come in and give a 30 minute talk but really to give you a chance to answer the questions that you've got and maybe um, staying in the house, you can't figure out who to grab or who to call. Um, today, we've got a realtor. Lynn mentioned how important the loan officer is to this overall process. So tomorrow at three o'clock, we'll be back here, Facebook Live, or we'll be here uh, via Zoom and you'll have an opportunity to talk with a lender about the different things that he is doing um, step by step by step to make sure that the house buying and selling continues to happen. Lynn, what's your outlook as you look to the summer? You just mentioned how the summer can be lighter here in the DC area, um, but we are a busy area. We have been holding back. I've heard that some people don't want people walking in their homes, and so they might have been holding back. Do you see the activity picking up here this summer? Absolutely. Yes. I think we're going to have a busy summer, summer and an even busier fall. I almost feel like September 1st is going to hit and it's going to be the floodgates are open and everybody's going to be wanting to go out and, and look at homes. So if you are thinking of buying and you want to take advantage of a little bit of a less competitive market, I would absolutely recommend starting your search now and going to your other Zoom tomorrow and talking and listening to what the loan officer can say because they have, may have even more information about how to be competitive. And the lender even has new forms that they want the buyers to sign at closing saying that they promise not to um, ask for forbearance on the home within the first six months of them living there. So they're going to ask a lot of different questions like that. And the more informed you are, the more comfortable you're going to be when you're home shopping. Yeah, that's smart. Like everything else, prepare, uh, prepare for that meeting. There is one question in the chat. It sounds like it's a seller's market these days. Is that true? And if so, what are the best methods for a buyer to stand out beyond having that financing ready? So you you answered. This is a similar question. You know, getting that financing ready is really important. It actually always has been, right? Um, yes. But now, you know, is there 
Is there something I can do? If I got all my PPE on, does that make me a better, uh, a better <laughs> buyer than the other guy who might just uh, have a half a face mask? What do you think? Okay. So there's a couple ways for me to answer this. So some listing agents will require that uh, a buyer fill out a form before they enter the home stating that they don't have a temperature, knowing that they know has COVID and that they will wear a mask and gloves. So obviously you're going to sign something like that if you want to enter the home. I would say I've only seen that like maybe five to 10% of the, the time I've taken people out. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that you still may need to waive contingencies in order to win the contract. So in a multiple offer situation, there are a couple ways that you can make your offer stand out, one of which is waiving the home inspection. So you can waive the home inspection with the option to void. This gives you the opportunity to have the home inspector inspect the property. If they find things in the home that it, it's, it's something you can't get past, you can void the contract and get your earnest money deposit back and then just start searching for homes together. That's something that I would definitely consider doing. Um, and also you could waive the appraisal. And what that means is that your lender is going to send an appraiser out to the home and basically make sure that the price that you have offered is in line with what's going on in the neighborhood. So in other words, if you paid $500,000 for the home and the appraiser comes back and says, well, I think it's worth 495 based on the condition, that Delta of 5,000 you can negotiate with the seller to lower the sales price. You can meet in the middle or you can come up with the whole difference yourself. If you waive the appraisal contingency, you're bound to come up with that $5,000 at the settlement table. You can't negotiate with the seller and you can't void. But that is another way to win a contract. I'd say the most popular right now, though, is waiving the home inspection. Well, and you said something that I hadn't heard before, and there's a chance other people hadn't heard either. Um, yes, I've heard about waiving that home inspection, but it, it did sort of create this sort of, you know, crisis of conscience here that you may have a $20,000 roof to replace once you get in and you're already probably house poor, but you use some language that I hadn't heard. So it's a, is it a home inspection to void? Is that the language? You can conduct the inspection. And if the inspector says, yeah, this house is going to need a new roof and it's going to be $20,000, you void the contract. Okay. So when we want to do that, we, we want to use that terminology that we're going to, we're not waiving our home inspection per se. We're going to use this home inspection that's void. The, the verbiage is home inspection with the option to void. Does that put us in a, in a good category with a lot of sellers or does that just put us in the back of the line? No, that puts you at the front of the line. I lost out on an offer recently because of that. Okay. okay. That the competing offer said, I want to do a home inspection with the option to void. My buyer did not want to do that. They wanted to complete the home inspection and have the opportunity to ask for repairs. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, now, if your buyer had said, hey, I don't want a home inspection at all, though, that buyer would have been ahead of the other person. Yes. Yes. And that's a lot less scary than it sounds. I know different people have different comfort levels with that. But one way to make people, my buyers feel more comfortable is to buy a really, really good home warranty. Okay. 
Now, if you buy a home warranty at the point of, you know, when you're closing or what have you, which is, I guess, when it would go into effect, and then you find out you need a new roof, would that insurance or that warranty cover it? It may not cover an entire roof. It would certainly cover uh, the roof repair. But it does mostly cover your appliances, the hot water heater, and the HVA system. If you're worried about the roof, I would almost have like a roofer go and look at it as opposed to a home inspector. And I've had clients do that before too. They actually bring a contractor, not a home inspector. Okay. So a roofer for that. And then other big things for, you know, typically for an inspector would be sort of foundationally, right? Mm -hmm. Or leaks. Yeah. So I guess you bring an expert in for that too. Right. The home inspector would be the expert on on HVAC system, the hot water heater, the washer dryer, the electrical panel and things like that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a neat workaround. Bring a, bring an expert in any area that you're pretty concerned about. I mean, you think electrical and plumbing, those are, those are pretty expensive too. Right. Um, Maybe you need a contractor to come in maybe, and maybe your realtor like Lynn Cooper could figure out some of that uh, just by her experience and walking through. So I do uh, like to open and close all the windows. I flush all the toilets. I look underneath the sinks. I look at the hot water heater. I get my little binoculars out and look at the roof. I'm not a roofer, but (laughs) I've been on enough of these where I can see if it may be a little bit of a concern. So certainly willing to help out that way. And while we're talking about it, the home inspectors are another thing that's a little bit different. And many times they don't want the buyers at the home inspection. They um, are trying to limit their contact with other people as well. They're usually in the home for two to three to four hours, depending on the size of the home. So um, they will be sending a report. And what they'll do is they can take a video or a FaceTime if there's something that's concerning to them in the home. So the homeowner or the buyer can at least look at something in real time and have them point out what the concern is. I've heard that. I've heard that that home inspectors no longer want someone looking over their shoulder. I'm surprised that that was ever something they allowed. Um, but yeah, they that was another time when people brought mom and dad because mom and dad hadn't seen the house yet. And then you get in there at the home inspection and that was usually not a good result. I'll just say that. <laughs> not a good result. Not a good result. Uh, well, it helps to have a little experience. Um, if you hadn't seen enough of Lynn, uh, you know, here she is. Here's her phone number. Here's her McInerney and Associates website. If you, um, you can't click the screen, but you can search McInerney and Associates Lynn Cooper, and you'll be able to find this link with a little bio on Lynn and uh, some of a picture of her family, which is lovely. Of course, that's her email address. You've all been emailed just before this meeting about an hour and a half ago with um, an email to you about getting ready for this meeting. So Lynn was CC'd on that. And of course, your information was in the newsletter and the event that was sent out. But if you don't have it, um, Lynn, maybe you could just type your email address in the chat. Sure. And the folks can grab it, your email address and phone number again, um, and they can just sort of copy and paste it into wherever they have their contact information. Yeah, done. Super. Okay, great. And that was probably you in the chat, not another question. Okay, good. Um, well, Lynn, this, is, um, this has been pretty fantastic. It's... These are meant to be short and sweet. I'll stop the share so you can see the, uh, the big full screen of somebody's face in case that's what you wanted to see today. Um, but great. is there anything else as a realtor walking out the door that you just wish people knew, whether they were buyer or seller, especially in the context of the challenges you face and everyone that's on your team faces? So 
again, because we're in a competitive market, if you don't win a contract on a home, I promise you there will be another home that you like as much. It may not seem like it at first, but all you can do is keep trying and you will find the perfect home. And it's more important to find the perfect home than to settle for something. You will find the perfect home. Will. That is so reassuring and hopeful here during the pandemic. Uh, thank you, Lynn Cooper, for joining us today on this uh, currently unnamed weekly presentation <laughs> of experts that come in and, uh, and talk with um, our clients, your clients uh, for the Jason Howell Company and for McInerney and Associates. We look forward to seeing you again, maybe yeah, having you back. it was fun. I uh, loved it. Glad you enjoyed it. Of course, everyone, we'll, we'll be recording this and, uh, and sending it back out through YouTube. So you'll have an opportunity to pick out anything you may have missed. And of course, to get back in touch with Lynn in case you really wanted to do that. Uh, for now, we will call it a meeting and bring you back to your day. Take care, everyone. Jason.